Good morning, and welcome to Generations Online. We are glad that you are able to join us for a few moments today as we continue to be the church during these unprecedented times. Although we cannot physically gather in this space today, we can be of one heart and one mind as the body of Christ. We are so looking forward to the day where we can gather together in this space. It is going to be an incredible celebration. Here's what you can expect from our service today. We invite you to join in and sing along with our band as they lead us in music. Pastor Christina will lead us in a devotional about Christ being our great physician. And Pastor Dave will interview some of our very own medical personnel who are on the front lines as we battle COVID-19. Thank you again for being here today. Our prayer is that you will experience God's presence wherever you are. Love 
calling after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, light you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me.
Yo 
Dawn, and I'm the pastor of children and families here at Generations Church. We wanted to remind you that we're providing resources for families so that kids can experience a little bit of what we do here each week at Generations Church. You can find these resources on the church's webpage. The resources include a parent guide, a link to the Bible video story, as well as some activities that help connect the Bible story to how it relates to kids today. This week, the nursery and preschool groups are going to be learning that we celebrate Jesus because he's so special. The elementary group is going to be learning about humility, which is putting others first by giving up what we think we deserve. We're going to focus this week on the reminder that Jesus put others first, and so should we. Kids, I also want to remind you that you can get logged in after today's message to have breakfast with Miss Dawn. Parents, if you did not receive that email with that link, let us know right here on the Facebook page, and we'll be glad to send that to you. Hope you have a great week. Welcome to Generations. Thank you for joining us online today. My name's Christina Murphy. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are so glad that you joined us. We're going to be looking at scripture today where Jesus is the great physician. If you have your Bibles or your devices, we're going to be looking at John chapter 5, verses 2 through 9. John is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. So where we're going to start reading today is verse 2. In this passage, we find Jesus coming to Jerusalem. He's going to the pool of Bethesda, which was thought to have a place of healing. In verse 2, it states, Inside the city, near the Sheep of Gates, was a pool of Bethesda with the five covered porches. Crowds of sick people lay there, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on all five of these porches. One of the men there that laid had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew he was sick, and he knew he had been ill for a long time. But Jesus asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said. For I have been sick for a long time, and no one is able to put me into the pool when the waters are bubbling. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And instantly, he was healed. See, this man we're going to look at this morning was sick for 38 years. I can't imagine what he was thinking when Jesus said, would you like to be well? Think about the days and the months and the years that he laid there watching other people get ahead of him when he was attempting to get into that pool. How defeated he must have been with every attempt met with defeat. But Jesus, in a moment, took this man and instantly and completely healed him. And there was no doubt that day that this man met the great physician, the healer, Jesus. 
Have you ever experienced that kind of power, that kind of miraculous event in your life? Or how about someone you know? Have you ever met someone who had been healed by the great physician, Jesus? See, I've had the privilege of meeting Granny Murphy. In 2015, she passed away. But if you ever encountered her, it didn't take long for you to realize who her faith was in, this healer. See, the great physician she, without a doubt, had encountered. And if you were around her for any time at all, you would find out that you would be hearing about this great physician, Jesus. See, Jesus, if you listened long enough, would be the theme of the cord in her life of faith. She had so many stories that she would tell us. In one of those stories, she said that the doctors had told her she would never have children because of her physical body had an anomaly that would never let her give birth. But Granny didn't take that answer. She prayed. And when the doctors said she would never have children, Jesus said, yes, you will. And not only will you have one child, but you will have two. Because this morning, Jesus is the great physician, the healer that she encountered. If you met Granny, it wouldn't take long that you would hear about her diagnosis of cancer. See, she was diagnosed with cancer, and the doctors told her they had to go in and get the cancer for her to survive. But there as she laid in the hospital bed, the doctors, ready for surgery, she prayed, and the day before she had surgery, she said God told her she was going to be healed. And in that instant, she was healed. See, the doctors walked in ready to perform surgery on her, and they said, you have cancer. But when they went in there, they said, we don't know what happened. This doesn't make any sense to us, but you do not have cancer any longer. You don't need this surgery. Can I tell you this morning, it might not have made sense to the doctors, but it made complete sense to Granny because she knew the great physician, the healer who she had entrusted her heart with and knew that he was able to heal her in an instant. See, that's the kind of God that we serve, a God who can heal in a moment. But what if he doesn't? Maybe you're like me. I was reading this passage of scripture and I got stuck, if you will, in chapter five, verse three, where it says that the crowds of people were sick, laying there blind and lame and paralyzed. There was a whole crowd there and Jesus decided to heal one. And I think we focus on that and we rightfully should. But my mind instantly went to, there were so many others. Why did Jesus, he had the power, why did he only choose to heal one that day? I don't know. I wish I could make sense of that to try to understand why God chooses to heal some people and others he doesn't. But I honestly can't answer that question. See, we can't make sense of it because we don't know the mind of God. God chooses to heal one and maybe not another. 
In Ephesians 55, 9, it says this, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. There are many things that happen in this life that we don't understand that completely doesn't make sense. And you might even ask why if you're like me. But sometimes we just can't answer the why because we're not God. And who knows the mind of God? And it might not be until this side of heaven when we go on that other side that all those questions that we can't answer are answered. But this morning, I think we're proposing a question, at least for me, a question of faith. Who is my faith in? Is our faith in the healing or is our faith in the healer? Is our faith in the healing or is it in the healer? That's really where my resolve is this morning. My faith, I know, is in Christ, the great physician. If you were with us a few weeks back, we were in the book of Daniel talking about the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I guess it illuminated to me their faith in this question, is our faith in the healing or the healer? And thinking of their story, their faith was in the deliverer, not the deliverer, not the delivering. Their faith was in the deliverer, not the delivering. And so looking at their faith, when King Nebuchadnezzar asked them to bow and they said no and they refused, we were able to see their faith steadfast. And God had the power to save them. But their faith said, even if he doesn't, they were not going to bow. Is that our kind of faith this morning? Even in the midst of this chaos, even when it doesn't make sense, is that our kind of faith? Our faith is in the healer, not the healing. Our faith is in the deliverer, not the delivering. See, this morning, we serve a God who can heal in an instant, but it is according to his power and his will. And only he knows, because it's God, the plans that are being in the background put formed together that you and I can't even make sense. I know in my own life I've seen that, even through the testimonies of Granny. Even though she encountered the healer, I would be remiss if I didn't say that she would tell you also stories where her faith was put to the test and she was challenged. See, as a young girl, she saw her brother killed as he walked off the school bus and walked into a car that passed and just instantly killed him. But see, her faith never wavered. At the age of 53, she lost her husband, but she never heard her waver in her faith there. No, you only heard of her faith growing stronger despite maybe the outcome she wanted. And as she was drawing closer to her passing, a few years before she became blind, every time we visited Granny, not one time did she ever tell you she wasn't praying to be healed, that she wanted her sight back. But she said, even if he doesn't, she wasn't going to give up on knowing she didn't understand why God had her in that bed, 
blind and physically not unable to get out. But she believed and would say, I guess he has a purpose for me. So as long as he has a purpose, I'll stay here. See, still in the challenges of her faith, she knew who her healer was, even if the healing never came. So this morning, who is your faith in? See, Jesus is the great physician. No matter what the outcome, no matter what the result, And God today is asking us to have the same kind of faith as Granny and as well as the three Hebrew children. Just like Granny, see, the Hebrew children, their faith was in the deliverer, not in the delivering. And Granny had her faith in the healer, not the healing. See, God himself is who she had her faith in. She trusted him even if it didn't make sense. She trusted him with her whole life and committed that he knew what was best for her, both when he healed and when he didn't. She still trusted him, the great physician. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. See, the only resolve we have is we just have to be still because he will take care of everything He is sufficient, he is all-powerful, and he can do above and exceeding. If we believe in the great physician, and he chooses to miraculously heal and use his power, that is according to his will, and we believe he can do that. But we also believe that God uses the miracle of medicine And the beautiful thing is there are people in our congregation who are literally the physicians and the nurses that are the hands and feet of Jesus. And so this morning, not only do we believe that God can heal in an instant, but we believe that he can use the power of medicine and of science as we're seeing even here today. In the light of the chaos that's going on in our world and in the uncertainty of our medical situation, Pastor Dave is going to talk about the challenges that many of our very own are facing. As we listen to what this interview is saying, may we know that we serve the healer and he can heal in an instant, but he can also use science and use medicine, and use those within our congregation to touch the world around us. Let's listen. We're excited to have one of our own with us today. Uh, Dr. Kelly Williams is with us. And I wanted to get just a sense uh, from someone that's in the medical profession, kind of what what it's like uh, to be on the front lines. And so she's graciously agreed to be with us today and let me interview her. And uh, Kelly, just to start off, um, thanks for being here. Um, Tell us where you work and what you do. Um, So I work at uh, uh, University of Cincinnati, and I'm an infectious disease physician there. Um, So you are right on the the front lines of of what's going on. Kind of just give us a sense of what it's like for you, uh, the nurses, just the, the medical prof- profession in general. What, what, what does that look like right now? Um, it's kind of a crazy time right now in healthcare. Um, there's just this overwhelming sense of anticipation, just kind of not knowing 
um, what's going to happen next. Um, you know, minute uh, information is changing minute by minute, and so um, you know, I, there's definitely a sense of, of fear there. Um, just kind of see, looking at other countries, looking at um, other cities in our in our country, even you know, New York, um, just seeing what's happening there, and just kind of uh, being ready. You know, asking yourself, are we ready? Are we prepared? Do we have enough equipment? Um, just to take care of people and to do our job. Yeah. Um, just, I, I told you before we even started the interview, I wanted to kind of get just into the personal side of it. I mean, kind of just share with us, for you, like why did you even want to get into the medical field? Why, why are you doing what you do? Um, you know, I felt called to be a physician um, when I was like eight years old. Mm. I just, um, there was a pediatrician a uh, girl in our class, her dad was a pediatrician. He came and he talked to my third grade class. And I thought, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to help people. And uh, I just thought that that's, mm -hmm. you know, I felt called to that. And um, so I, I just kind of pursued that. And then um, I did some medical missions um, in undergraduate. And then I also did them during my um, during medical school, and um, you know, the mission field was really where it was at for me. And uh, you know, practicing medicine in a third world country, it's all infectious disease mm -hmm. there. And so, um, I felt like that was kind of the best mix mm -hmm. for my personality. It, you know, it's kind of the um, a lot of times they'll refer to it as like the doc the doctor's doctor. Mm -hmm. So you get to yeah. think about things, and um, and so I just really uh, found it very mm -hmm. interesting and became very passionate about it. So. Yeah, good. Um, I know watching and knowing that you're on the front lines, we have some other people that are nurses that go to the church. Um, what is there anything like practically that just an ordinary person like me seeing what's going on that can help? What, what can we do to help you guys, I guess, that, that are on the front line? Well, you know, like the um, what the U.S. is doing right now is, you know, we're trying to keep cases um, um, happening slowly. So mm -hmm. um, new cases, you know, just the spread um, happening slowly. Um, because we know that, you know, 80% of, of people, you know, are going to have mild disease, but then, you know, 20% of people mm -hmm. infected are going to need to be hospitalized. Mm -hmm. And of those, you know, 5% are going to need to, are, are critically ill and are going to need ICU beds. Yeah. And so, um, you know, just to be mindful of that, um, you know, the reason why we're doing this is just to, to slow that influx of patients into the hospital because, you know, kind of like what we were mm -hmm. talking about before, these hospitals are at capacity anyway, yeah. and then add to it, you know, this c people with COVID, and then, you know, there's just not enough resources mm -hmm. for everybody. And so, you know, and even when I was practicing medicine in a third world country, you know, you had a very limited supply mm -hmm. of resources, and sometimes you were the one making those decisions, right. like who was going to live and who was going yeah. to die. Yeah. And that's not yeah. some, a decision that you like to make. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think as, as we wrap up here, I think when, when you guys come to my mind, um, I, I know that I'm, I'm praying for you, but what are, what are some specific ways that we can pray for you, pray for your colleagues, pray for those in the medical field? Like what, what is a way this week that we can pray specifically for you guys? Um, I think just, um, you know, 
just for support for us, mm-hmm. um, you know, giving us strength to, um, to go back in and, and do it again. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, when you start to see that much death and mm-hmm. um, that much illness, it really just kind of, you know, you become numb to it. Yeah. And so you forget that, oh, like these are people too. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Um, as we conclude this interview, I'd just like for us to take a moment right now where you're at watching uh, this video and let us pray not only for Kelly, but everyone that's in the medical field. God, thank you so much uh, for people like Kelly who are willing to be on the front line. And we are so thankful for her. We're thankful for the doctors. We're thankful for the nurses. We are thankful for the paramedics. We're, We're thankful for the administrators, people that sit at the front desk, people that are on the front lines of, of, of of what's going on in our country right now and around the world. And so I pray just a special blessing on them that you would give them strength uh, beyond uh, beyond what they could ever dream or fathom. I pray that you would give them peace, that you would give them rest, that you would multiply the rest, that you would give them wisdom uh, as they make decisions that will affect people's lives. And so we're thankful um, that we've already sensed that there are other doctors and nurses like Kelly who have a heart for you and have a heart for the patients that they care for. And so I pray that when you bring people to our mind, that when you bring uh, physicians and nurses and medical personnel to our mind, I pray that we would stop what we're doing, that we would pray for them. And uh, we just want to tell you that we love you. We give you thanks. We're, we're grateful that you are the great physician. And uh, pray that you would just continue to touch bodies, that you would touch lives, that you would touch our doctors and nurses and those who are, are working with the sick. And uh, we just want to tell you that we love you. We know that you're in control. And I uh, pray that you would give us a peace that passes all understanding during this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we close today, I want to leave you with Isaiah 41:13. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not be afraid. I will help you. My prayer is that as we face these uncertain times and challenges, that we know who we serve, the great physician, the healer God himself, that has the power to heal. But even if he doesn't, may our faith be in the healer and not the healing. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that you are in control of these situations that we are facing today. I thank you for Pastor Dave and Kelly, God, and her words. God, when we think about her this week or when we think of others within our congregation that are on the front lines of this epidemic, this pandemic that we're facing, God, would you help us to pray for them? God, would you give them the strength? Would you protect them, God, from the, from the encounters that they could be encountering, God? Would you, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, God, would you surround them with your hedge of protection, As they do their job every day, we thank you, God, that we are able to be your hands and your feet. We'll never fail to give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.